We thank you that you have in your sovereign will even determined to bless this world with parents and families. Our current world system may try its best to reorder that particular blessing, but in your word, it is determined that a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. And the children that they raise are to be raised in the honor and the glory of Jesus Christ with a purpose, with the best of our ability as parents, with the wonder and the gifts that you've given to our children, it is to be the purpose of the family to infect the world for the goodness of Jesus Christ. And so we thank you this morning for our mothers. We thank you for the way that even in your scriptures, O oh Lord, it appears that many times women thought it just natural to follow you. Men had to be beckoned, but women gravitated towards you. They ministered to you not only in your life, but even in your death, for it was women who came to the tomb first. And so we thank you, O oh Lord God, for our moms. And we pray that today, even though it may be liquid sunshine outside, but yet your sun shines deeply in the depths of our souls. And so may this be a good day for all of our moms. We ask, O oh Lord, that you would bless them. You would watch over them and keep them. That your grace and your mercy would shine upon them. And that you would use them mightily, O oh Lord, for your honor and for your glory. And so with that, O oh Lord, we thank you for this morning, allowing us the privilege to not only just honor our mothers, but Lord, to speak well of you. So may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord God, my Redeemer. Help us to listen well. Help me to speak well. But all in all, Lord, may we honor you as we determine and decide to follow you. And we'll praise you in your name. Amen. I've come to find out that as you get older, Mother's Days take different directions. When we're children, mothers always seem to be at home. At least it was in my generation. I'm older than a lot of you here. And thank God I'm not older than some of you that are here. But you know what I'm talking about. 
And as time goes on, you, you come to realize that there may even come the day when your mother's not there. This past Christmas, my children messed me up big time. Apparently, there's a company that you can send to them some writing. And somehow, some way through electronics or whatever they do, they can copy some of that writing onto a medallion. A dog tag is what I have. And what I have on that dog tag is my mother's salutation for every card that she ever wrote. And it's when I received it and I looked at it, I'm not ashamed to tell you that I bawled like a baby. Four years ago, my mother had the best Independence Day of her life. She went to be with the Lord Jesus on July the 4th, four years ago. I preached my mother's funeral. I thought I was in good shape until I saw her writing. And her writing simply was this, with all my love. We come to a Another mother in scripture. One that isn't normally turned to. You've heard a lot of sermons on Proverbs 31. You know, the, the blessedness of a, of, a, of a mother and such as that. And, but this morning I want to take a different kind of spin. Because I do realize that there are some mothers who don't have children. I understand that. There are some married ladies who, for whatever God's reason, has seemed to close their wombs that they cannot have children. I, I understand that. I know some of those, and you also know some of those. But what makes the story of this mother dynamic is her faith. Her faith in the midst of a horrible world situation. And I think it's something that all of us can look at and have this as an example of great faith. Even in the midst of a world, unfortunately, who does not view life as being as precious as what we do. I speak to you about a woman that when you turn to Exodus chapter 2, you don't see her name. In fact, she only is listed three different times in Scripture. Here in Exodus chapter 2, again in Numbers chapter 26, and then in Hebrews chapter 11. Those are the only three places that you will find the name Jacobed. Jacobed is the mother of Moses. In chapter 1 of the book of Exodus, it sets the stage, if you will, 
of how really bad it was at the time of the birth of Moses. We're introduced to a different kind of king, a different kind of pharaoh. In fact, it's listed that this particular pharaoh did not know Joseph, was not aware of what he did. And this particular pharaoh became so incensed with a problem that he made a decree of destruction. He looked at the growth of the Jewish nation in Egypt and he became alarmed. He said there's a chance that they may even align with another country that comes to do us battle and we'll be defeated. So he said what we need to do is to cut down on the population and by doing that he decreed that all the male babies that were to be born were to be killed. They were to be thrown into the river known as the Nile River. You can go on National Geographic or you can Google the Nile River. And one of the characteristics you'll find about that is that there's a lot of crocodiles that live there. In fact, they're highlighted as being Nile River crocodiles. They have some kind of of, of, uh, being or of themselves that highlight them from the different crocodiles of Africa and even South America. Apparently, these are pretty vicious. And so this particular pharaoh said that to the midwives... First, he said to the midwives, when a Jewish mother bears a child that's a son, you are to throw it into the river. But the dynamic thing of it is, is that the midwives feared God. They honored God more than they did this king. And so... They said, well, by the time we get to them, they've already had their babies. We're not there. The Jewish women are a whole lot more stout, if you will, tough. Have a baby in the morning, the afternoon they're out plowing in the field type of tough. They they have them fast. And so by the time we get there, They're already gone. We don't know where they are. The text tells us that God blessed them. But he wasn't satisfied. The king wasn't satisfied. And so what he did is he told everyone, all the Egyptians, if you see a Jewish male baby born, take that child and throw it into the river. And so here's Jacobed giving birth to a baby during a time of when it was dangerous to give birth to a male child. She did not know if there may have been a time when 
this child maybe in the evening or whatever may even cry and and there's a very patriotic and very bold egyptian who would be able to come into the house and take the child and and her child would be gone this is the system that moses was born into and what i want to share with you in the last closing moments is this mother's faith that she has. A faith that is good for all of us, whether we are mothers or fathers or just an everyday wonderful believer in Jesus Christ. We may live and we do live in a society where not as of yet, but no one has come to our house to steal our children to make them become soldiers in an army as in other parts of the world. We, we are not yet accosted by a political system that would tell us how many children we can and cannot have and anything over that your child will be taken and destroyed. We don't live in that situation. But there are other situations that we live in that can be just as oppressive. We live in a situation now that our children can be drowned in rivers of violence and promiscuity that is perpetrated from the audio or the video that they see or listen to. They can drown in a society that there's confusion between the lines of what is right and what is wrong. And they can even be drowned in a society where the rewards of performance are rated higher than the character of the person. We may not live in a society that would bring instant death to one of our children, but we can certainly, and we do live in a society of when the rivers and the lakes and the waters of the world are rising to drown our children. So they cannot see the wonders of the gospel. So how is it that we survive? Jacobet gives us an illustration. Let me read for you the first nine verse, first ten verses of Exodus chapter two. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman, the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an, an, an ark of bulrushes for him, dabbed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it, and laid it in the weeds or the reeds by the river's banks. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. 
Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for him, uh, for you from the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew. And she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, Because I drew him out of the water. The first part of Jacobed's faith that is for all of us this morning is this. She had a courageous faith. Her faith was courageous. Listen to the words that are recorded for us in Hebrews chapter 11 when it says, By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Though the king said that all the male Hebrew babies had to be thrown into denial, Jacobed and her husband Amram disobeyed the king for three months. Some of you have had children with colic. How do you keep a colicky child quiet for three months? We didn't have a colicky child, but our second daughter was born just about three to four weeks early. My, my wife contracted the flu, and in her time of illness, the baby came soon. Her name is Jessica. We were spoiled from our first child because our first and oldest, Stephanie, the day that she came home from the hospital, would sleep all night long. Can I get an amen from the moms and dads? Jessica came home and she didn't fit that bill. She was a small baby. And so what she would do at the time of nursing she could only take a, an ounce or so, and then she'd fall asleep. But then she'd wake up. Another ounce or two, and she'd fall asleep. About the first week, I looked at my wife and I said, Are you sure we brought the right one home? <laughs> there would have been no way we could have hid her for three months. No way. That 
was courageous faith. That Jacobed and Amram said, we will not obey the king's command. For we see that this child is a special child. He's not the only child of the family, as you know. Numbers 26 tells us that there were two other children. Miriam, the sister, who was about 13 years older when Moses was born. And then he had a brother. And then there was Moses. So the first two children were safe. Moses was not. But Moses had a mother of courageous faith. She was not about to give up her child. Sometimes we often think that faith is a passive thing. We've heard the phrase, let go and let God. But here, this is a courageous faith. It's a faith that took action. It was a faith that did what everyone else was told not to do. I can't help but think of this courageous faith. I I think of mothers who are married to unbelieving husbands. And yet they do everything that they can to expose their children to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I can't help but think of mothers who stand up to their teenage daughters or sons saying no to something that other mothers are saying yes to. I think of mothers who choose to give up lucrative careers so they can stay at home with their children. And then I think also of mothers who in an act of courage fear God more than they do mankind. That's Jacobed's faith. Jacobed's faith is the kind of faith that she's obedient to what God's calling her to do. Even in the face of threatening circumstances, and she believes that God will take care of what he's called her to do. She has a courageous faith. The second vision of her faith that we see is a sensible faith. A sensible faith. Jacobed made a decision. She looked at the horizon. She took into account things that needed to be done. And so what she did is she, she made an ark. She made an ark of bulrushes. Pitched it with tar. Put the baby in it. And set it alongside the shore. What's interesting, the word ark in Exodus chapter 2 is the same word that is used for Noah's ark. 
Noah's Ark 2 was made from gopher wood, but it was pitched with tar. And Noah went in. The thing of going into an ark is this. You're trusting God because the circumstances on outside of the ark are beyond your control. You literally become, if you will, helpless. I'm sure there were days when, when Noah even said to God, when's it going to stop raining? <laughs> when's the wind going to stop blowing? I can't even keep my glass of goat's milk on the table without it sloshing all out. God, when is this all going to be over? <laughs> Jacobed had a plan. She didn't just let the basket flow down the river. She placed it where she knew it would be found. She understood the risks, but yet she trusted God because she put the basket where she knew the daughter of Pharaoh would come every morning to take her bath. She scoped out the horizon. Sensible faith does that. It just doesn't jump off of cliffs, realizing that, well, if God can, he'll, he'll stop me from falling. No, sensible faith is looking at the situation and taking into account that which I can do, and then that which I cannot do, I trust God for the rest of it. She had a plan. We're not told the name of the sister, but we do know it was Miriam that stood at the river's edge and watched the basket. Soon, Pharaoh's daughter came with her maidens. The daughter saw the basket. Bring it to me. Opened it up. And the baby did what all babies do. It cried. And when a baby cries, moms, what do you do? You pick it up. And you hold it. She saw and heard the baby cry, and that was enough. It broke her heart. She even knew the child was not Egyptian. But yet still, she took it as her own. Miriam knew the plan. Can I find someone to help? And here's the things, Mom, that you ought to say hallelujah to. She got paid to have her child. I think mothers are the most underappreciated of all beings. We take them for granted. That Nutrella commercial, you've seen it on TV? Mother putting Nutrella on everything, the children and the, and the husband come, and then all of a sudden they leave and she says, goodbye, thanks mom, you're a great mom, and 
They didn't say a thing to her. And then she goes to the closet and opens it up and there's hanging. You're the greatest mom. This mom got paid (laughs) to be able to take care of her son. And most likely she had him for a two-year period of time. And in that two-year period of time, you can imagine Jacobed saying to this child, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Joseph. Later on in the text, you'll come to realize that that instruction is what got Moses' attention at the burning bush. I am that I am met him when before all he heard was about him. When Jacobed brought the baby back to Pharaoh's daughter, he was trained in things according to uh, the gospel, uh, the book of Acts, chapter 7. He's trained in agriculture, geometry. He's trained in all the things that he needed to have when it came time for him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. She had a sensible faith. Kind of sensible faith that one mother at her daughter's wedding went to light one of the candles on the table. Getting too close to the to the match of the flame, one of her acrylic nails caught on fire. She calmly and reservedly reached over and lit the candle with her flaming nail. And then in an act of defiance, she blew it out. She was the talk of the reception with a black acrylic fingernail. She was sensible. Didn't want to bring attention to herself. Just wanted to make sure her daughter's wedding was done right. Jacobed's faith was rewarded. In fact, Jacobel's Jacobel's faith meant something that mothers you have to do for the rest of your life. She had to learn how to let go. She had to let go of her baby to be raised in Pharaoh's house. And we find ourselves doing that the rest of our lives. We let go when we drop your oldest one off to college for the first time and you don't even get out of the town and the mother says go back and pick her up no there's times when we have to let them go when God calls them maybe a thousand miles away for the purpose of serving him and we have to let go that's a sensible faith 
But what you realize or what you don't realize in this passage, there's something missing in Exodus chapter 2, 1 to 10. There's no mention of the name God. It's not there. All we see is the circumstances that God directed. It didn't just happen that Pharaoh's daughter came to take a bath. Just didn't happen by chance that she saw the basket. It didn't happen just by chance that she saw the baby cry. No. In all of our lives and our journey of faith, we may not see everything, but we realize that even in the scenes, God is working, directing as he sees fit. That's a courageous faith. That's a sensible faith. It's a kind of faith that a mother was asked, what is it that she does? And she says this. I am, a I am socializing two homo sapiens into the dominant values of the jailed Christian tradition in order that they might be instruments for the transformation of the social order into the kind of eschatological utopia that God willed from the beginning of creation. She then added, and what do you do? Mothers, your ultimate purpose is to foster a creatious and sensible faith that will instill in your child a knowledge of the direction of God. All God asks you to do, what he asked Jacobel to do, do all that you can do and then trust him to do the rest. Let's pray. Father, great example for us of a courageous and sensible faith. And in that we see the rewards of that faith. This child was recognized as being a beautiful child. A child that Jacobed and Amram knew that there was something special. And because of their faith, this child grew to be the, the leader of a nation. The one whom you used to bring your written law through to the people. So God, we as parents, mothers particularly, even today, we have a high calling to make sure that our children are exposed to everything that you would have for them in order that they may be used for you, for your honor and for your glory. Bless our moms today, O oh Lord. May they have a super day. And may we, as children of mothers, honor them. And we'll praise you and Thank you in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.